You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid conversations with healthcare industry's top physicians, executives, and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment. I am your host, Summer Gilbert, and I am the Director of Marketing and Branding here at Pacific Companies. And today I have two co-hosts, our Regional Vice President of Business Development, Mr. Rob Miller, and our Director of Recruitment in the Permanent Division, Casey Galpin. Today on the Power of Partnership series, we are speaking with Sarah McGee and Jim Kaltenbacher. Sarah is the Director of Provider Recruitment for AHS Oklahoma Physician Group and Utica Park Clinic. And Jim is the CEO of Utica Park Clinic. As you may know, the foundation for success in physician recruitment starts with a strong partnership between a health system and its recruitment firm. So Rob, Casey, and I will be taking a deeper look at what is important to Sarah and Jim when it comes to making a powerful partnership. So let's get started. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jim. Thank you guys for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. You bet. So to get started, let's get the audience a little bit more familiar with who you guys are. So if you can give us a little bit of history on how you got to where you are today in the healthcare industry. So this is Sarah. Um, I started as a director of marketing for a private uh, mental health and neuro rehab hospital here in Tulsa and did that for almost a decade and then switched over to um, a, a nonprofit Catholic health system here and ran their recruiting department um, since 2012. And then I had the privilege of um, being recruited over to the Utica Park Clinic in September of last year. Awesome. What about you, Jim? What's your story? So my career started off in in outpatient physical therapy clinics. Uh, First job out of undergrad was at a clinic out in West Texas that was owned by a group of orthopedic surgeons. Uh, And and so I stayed in that line of business for about, you know, three to four years and then uh, was hired by Utica Park Clinic back in the early 90s uh, in practice management. And that's really been my focus for, gosh, however many years that is, 25, 26 years uh, in practice management. So... I've been fortunate to work uh, here with with Utica Park Clinic, enjoy the culture of the organization and and the people, what it stands for, its mission. And so so my background has been in in practice management for for these many years. Yeah, sounds like uh, you guys are no strangers to the healthcare industry. With this being the Power of Partnership series, if you can, tell us a little bit about uh, your history working with recruitment firms. My previous years of working with recruitment firms, both on the retained, contingent, and locum side, again, I've had some really great experiences, mostly obviously with Pacific companies, which is why we've continued to utilize them and had over, I believe, 22 placements over the last seven years. Um, um, And then, of course, I've had some negative experiences with uh, lack of communication and uh, dishonesty. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and we've, you know, worked with several companies either because it was something that was inherited when we came to a new, you know, I came to a new organization um, 
and so yeah, it gets down to to the uh, the, the you know do you, or do you trust the, the people that you're working with? Do they do what you they, they say they're going to do? Uh, are they going to be there tomorrow, or are they just going to hop to the next recruitment firm then try to pull you over there and say, well, now this firm's better than my last firm? And so uh, you know that's always a little uh, sketchy sometimes when when people leave and then try to get you to come over. But but uh, but we have worked with several companies and and uh, you know the, the what what bothers me is the you know, the next greatest deal you know they they put this contract in front of you and and and, and when you peel back the layers it it doesn't look as good as it as they say it looks and so getting back to that trust and uh, the integrity of the organization that you're working with. Um, it goes a long way because a lot of times you don't have the, the time to to move from recruitment firm to recruitment firm, and, and that just takes too much time and energy. And so you'd like to find one that you'd like to work with and stick with them. And again, over the time, uh, it, it gets down to, to results and, and producing the candidates and filling the needs that you have. and certainly wouldn't be working with Pacific companies for all these many years if that was not the case. Hey, Jim and uh, Sarah, this is Rob. Hey, listen, one of the things that I was thinking about as, as we were planning to have this conversation together, and one of the things that I, I think is so important, and I know I've shared with, both, with this with both of you in past conversations, is I think it's important and me doing this now for 18 years and obviously with the experience you guys have in the industry that, you know, what I love about working with you two is the true friendship we have as well. And the, the partnership that we have in that you have never, Jim or Sarah, in, in the years that I've worked with you, you have never, ever, ever treated us like a vendor. Um, and what I mean by that is you, you truly look at this as a partnership. You, you, know, you and Sarah have reached out to us on numerous occasions for you know, whether it be market data or, hey, Rob, or you, know, can you and Casey jump on the phone with us. We're thinking about opening up this search. What are you seeing in the market? And, you know, or any time that Casey and I are in town making yourselves available for a lunch or a dinner. And I just want you to know that goes a long way on our end, too, because there's a lot of clients that we don't have those relationships with, and they will keep you at arm's length, and it's, it's harder to build those relationships and have those trusted conversations. So I just want you guys to know how much we appreciate how much you do for us on, on your end to continue to grow that. And, and I hope you guys feel the same way, that it really is about having a, a friendship and a partnership and, and not just um, – you know, not just a working relationship, whether it be poking fun of each other over lunch or dinner or Facebook or whatever it is, but the relationship we have with you guys has just been fantastic, and that's a huge part of it. Well, I, I think that gets down to the culture of the organization and the people that work for it as well. And so, you know, I, I would guess that that's not always the case with y'all, your, your other interactions with other uh, healthcare systems, but, you know, it's kind of what we expect here from all of our people uh, that work for Utica Park Clinic, but it's also what we expect from the people that we do business with, whether that be, you know, physician recruitment or other sales or what, you know, supplies or, uh, so it, it's really just that the expectation uh, for how we treat each other. 
Jim, this is Casey. You know, and just to kind of echo what Rob was saying, you know, it really does feel like a partnership. You know, I work with Sarah on a, on a daily basis. And, and if, if I text her at, you know, six o'clock at night, your guys' time, I, she gets a response back to me right away. She'll text me in the morning. I get back to her. And we really feel that Sarah and I have a, a relationship where the whole goal is to find the right doctor for you guys and just to get the right fit. And it really, that it works great because we don't have that with every um, client that we work with. So if I need any piece of information, you guys are right there on the forefront to say, here's what we need. If we can get the doc in, um, let's get it. Um, but um, the, the question I have for you guys is, when you guys are going through your strategic um, planning meetings and you're looking at recruiting down the road, how do you guys decide which search that you want to give to the recruiting firm? What search do you want to have Sarah focus on? Like, can you just walk me through like how that process works? I'm always, you know, fascinated by it. Yeah, so I can speak to that. When I joined Utica Park, um, I had the privilege of sitting down with Jim and having the buy-in from the various leadership um, and pro all providers uh, to kind of build out a five-year medical staff development plan. And um, even though that is a fluid document, uh, we work together on really trying to create a strategic plan of what is going to be our nationally harder to place searches for that year and come up with a game plan on what efforts I can do um, with the assistance of the other recruiters in the various markets. Um, and then also just determine from that point what what we know Pacific companies could assist us with as far as being successful in some of those searches. So that's that's kind of our game plan and how we make it work. And um, yeah. And I would agree with all that, but to add to it, sometimes, you know, you have unexpected things that happen. You know, somebody either abruptly retires or moves out of the market or, or you have to exit a, a relationship, uh, then, you know, it, it, and if it's kind of a crunch time situation, uh, you just need the help at, at certain times, and it's always good to you know, make sure you've got a partner that, can hop in and jump in and, and help you out uh, immediately with those with those needs. Yeah. Hey, Jim, this is Rob. When I wanted to kind of elaborate on what you just said about things that happen that are unexpected. And I don't know, we've all talked about it over the phone, you know, until we're blue in the face, but with, you know, COVID and, and the pandemic that's hit this year, you know, what I would love to hear from you guys and what are some of the challenges that you two have seen being in, in healthcare as long as you have and, you know, recruiting folks to Tulsa and some of the conversations you're having on your end and how have you two worked together to just kind of manage everything that's been going on over the last four or five months? What have been the biggest challenges for you guys? I'd love to hear that from y'all. You know, I think the challenges from my perspective are, are just, you know, the ability to have a candidate come to your market uh, with travel restrictions and residency or fellowship programs not allowing their, their, uh, uh, physicians to travel as much or, or depending on what state you might be in. Uh, but looking at safety issues um, are, are a big thing for us and, and making sure that from a travel uh, perspective, you know, physicians are, and their families that come are safe and, and that, you know, we're, we're kept safe as well. Um, and so I think that's been a big change. The other change would be, you know, what the new normal might look like. If <laughs> volumes don't come back to pre-COVID uh, 
volumes in, in our clinics by specialty, do you need, you know, more primary care? Do you need more general surgeons or, or whatever that specialty might be, uh, depending on what that new normal looks like? So it's also a struggle to come up with what your plan needs to look like and how you make that adjustment based upon uh, COVID and, and how long this pandemic will take and, and what that outcome will be in the future. Yeah, and Jim, as a CEO, do you find yourself busier than normal? Is your time being you know, more demanded during this pandemic? Well, super busy in lots of different ways that we didn't expect to be. Uh, <laughs> when you think of what your plan is for the upcoming year, making sure you have all your your pieces in place and your strategies, you know, well defined, and uh, programs that you'd like to implement that that just look at better patient care and, and and ways to deliver it, and then you get hit with this curveball, and everything's just off the table as you scramble to adjust to, you know, the different, uh, you know, with what this pandemic has meant to our, our, our community and our, and our uh, state, and how, how do you then adjust to that, making sure that patient cares, uh, patient needs are taken care of, and how you can out reach out to, to those patients to make sure they know how to, to seek care and, and then making sure that they're going to be provided that care in a safe environment when they when they do come to the clinic. Hey, Sarah, this is Rob. Hey, whether it be, I, I'm curious on your perspective on this too. I mean, obviously you and Jim talked to all the candidates together that you're interested in bringing on board, but whether it be a candidate that Casey presents to you or one that you're recruiting on your own, when you are getting those candidates on the phone and having a chance to chat with, I mean, what is that like right now? How are some of your conversations? I mean, obviously you're an amazing health system in, in Tulsa, and there's so many people that want to live in a metro area like yours, but what are a lot of your conversations centered around right now when you have the, the doctor and their spouse on the phone, and what are some of the, the challenges that you feel like you've been having over the last six months or so? Um, I just would echo what Jim was saying. Our biggest challenge is just the travel uh, restrictions, not just, you know, within our state, but then depending yeah. on where the providers are coming from, from other states. Um, that is the biggest thing because if you've never been to Oklahoma, you know, this little, especially the Tulsa and surrounding communities, it's a little hidden gem in the middle of the country and you have to see it to believe it. So right. trying to find the opportunity to get people here to ensure that they are safe and protected as well as um, all of our staff is our biggest restriction throughout COVID. How has it been for you guys having to adapt to do interviews virtually? Zoom calls, video calls, whatever platform you're using. Has it been a hard transition? What are your thoughts on that? It, it, uh, it, setting up the, you know, the WebExes or the Zoom calls have, have uh, been beneficial because at least you get to see the physician uh, before you, you know, bring them in. And, and a lot of times I think it makes the, the conversation a lot better than just a telephone call. Mm -hmm. uh, and that you know you can get several into a room, and and uh, uh, the physician can be, be introduced to the different department leads or the clinic leads, and so I think that's actually been you know a better way to conduct at least an initial call, so you can see the, the, the who you're talking to, and they can see us as well. Uh, but uh, you know I think going forward that might be the way we'll do it 
with or without COVID. I, I, I've enjoyed that. You know, as long as the connectivity issues and all that other stuff are, are good, I, I kind of like that better now that we've been doing it like that. That's good to hear. And it sounds like some positives coming out from this pandemic, you know, finding new ways to work, things that work better in the long run, um, you know, using and utilizing virtual platforms and video calls and that kind of thing. I think a lot of businesses across the board, you know, whether healthcare or not, have found a lot of benefits and cost savings doing a lot of their work virtually. So I have a question for Casey and Rob. What to you guys on your side of things, what makes a good client partnership? Go for Rob. Um, I think there's a, I think I kind of touched on it earlier, but I think what makes a good client is number one, not, not treating us like a vendor and treating us like a true partner and, and sometimes having those difficult conversations, right? Having, you know, sometimes, you know, Jim or Sarah are sharing with us, maybe not necessarily what we want to hear, but you know, what we need to hear and us being able to reciprocate that to them. I think communication is extremely important. And, you know, there's times where Sarah will call me on the way home just to say, hey, how's your week been in our gym? And we just have a friendly talk as well, you know? So I think, I think a lot of that just boils down to just transparency. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what the challenges that you're having behind some of those problems. And let's, let's talk through it. And I think that's the biggest thing that I enjoy about working with with these two and the fact that we can have that transparency and that we have that relationship and friendship and professional relationship as well where we can truly sit down and say hey this is what's going on where sarah will come and go oh my god you're not gonna believe this this is what i going on and sarah and jim are spending a ton of plates right this is what i love about them and so but being able to circle the wagons and be able to coordinate a phone call with me and casey and them and talk about where are we what's going on and just tell us what is and isn't working hey you know, this is what we're seeing in the market. What are you guys seeing there? And just because we all know in recruiting, it can change in, in a matter of weeks, right? Sarah or Jim could call and say, hey, this is where our priorities are right now. And three weeks later, you know, Sarah's awesome and finds a candidate. Hey, I think we're okay here. Can we switch it to here? And this is what we need to do. So I think it's just about that continued communication and, and dedicating to spending that time with each other to continue to grow that and make sure that we're moving in the right direction. At least what I, at least what I feel. How about mm-hmm. you, Casey? Yeah, for me, it's um, two things. It's communication and uh, and trust. So with communication, there's just getting the instant feedback from uh, from Sarah and from Jim, yeah. and get, letting us know where they stand on everybody, what the next steps are. Because the 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 candidates just want to know what's going on, what's the next step, what are they thinking. You know, everybody after the initial phone call or after any interview wants to know, do they like me? And so yeah. being able to get that feedback right away and tell the candidate, hey, they're interested, this is the process, and Sarah communicating to me what the next steps are, so I can let the candidate know, here, here's the next two, three, four steps, here's kind of a timeline, so they know, so they have an idea what what's going on, um, and her getting back to me whenever I have a question about something is by far the most uh, invaluable, and Sarah's by far the best out of all the clients that I work with at communication, nobody's even close. Um, second is, is the trust factor that not only can they trust giving us all the information that we need for the search, but Sarah can trust me with giving me the, the specific details that I might not be relaying to the candidate, but here's kind of what we're thinking, but it just gives me an idea of how to proceed with the, um, with the, the candidate and the, a lot of in-house recruiters have a, have a sense that 
we're trying to take their job from them or that it's me, it's us versus the analyst recruiter and their job is at risk. That's, that's not the case here. And with most of our successful clients, that is not the case. Sarah knows that the only reason we're here is to help them and to help them out where it's not Jim trying to replace Sarah with us. It's we're a team here. So Sarah trusting Jim, them trusting us. All we care about is the end result of, are we getting the doctors there for the, the clients, for the community? That's what everybody's focus is. So the communication, the trust is, is all that we ask for within the, any of our clients. Yeah. And lastly, I think it's awesome that I can call Sarah and get go straight to her voicemail. And I sing the Sarah song to her by Starship back in the <laughs> early 80s. That's my favorite part of what I do with Sarah. I go, Sarah, Sarah. I do that all the time. She loves that. That's what we do. No. No, no, she doesn't. I'm, I'm sorry about that, Sarah. <laughs> no. Hey, my kids nope. enjoy it. <laughs> Nobody loves that. His wife doesn't enjoy that. <laughs> well, one thing that I did find out about Rob, sorry, I mean, you kind of brought this upon yourself, is that he uh, was a soprano. Tenor. Uh, or tenor, sorry. Um, <laughs> tenor. Um, in what was it, Rob? In a choir? In a. Okay, don't tell Jim Kaltenbacher and Sarah this. I'll never get to hear the end of it. Um, so, yeah, so I, growing up, yes, in Texas, I was a tenor in Texas boy, Boys Choir, Mississippi Boys Choir, Dallas Boys Choir, Waco Boys Choir. So, yep, I've done that pretty much my entire life. I really wanted to be in an 80s hair band, but I, I didn't make that happen. So now I'm just... And he was also a cheerleader as well. God, don't tell Jim and Sarah that either. So. And that's not a joke. He was a that's your facts. Rob was a cheerleader. Okay. Well, no, that's, that's changed the subject. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> so circling back to the Power of Partnership episode, uh, Sarah and Jim... If you can give advice to any health systems, uh, hospitals, clinics listening, what advice would you give them on making a strong partnership with a recruitment firm? So I would say um, to have something as valuable as we've created with specific companies, just like Casey and Rob are both saying, Find that one company, which we've been able to do with Pacific companies, that is phenomenal at communication. You truly can trust them to be an extension of your team um, and ensure that you're doing your part, right, to make a, a placement successful, to be able to have, you know, complete honesty between one another. Um, that's what really we've been able to find here. I think it also gets down to consistency with who you deal with. You know, in some firms, they turn over people quite a bit. So the person that you might have developed a good relationship with that kind of knew who you were, what, what you stood for, is then all of a sudden gone. And so it's been nice, you know, over these many years to, to deal with the same people year in and year out. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's very important is the consistency of, of the people you're dealing with. And, yeah. and then, you know, to make sure that that you're, you're keeping each other honest, right? That when you look at their Facebook posts and they're working out every day like they're supposed to be and <laughs> posting their week, result, their week results on, on Facebook, <sighs> that, you know, make sure that they're, they're out there 
doing the things they need to do. Uh, just so we're clear, Jim makes a comment on me doing that every single day, if not every other day. <laughs> just so we're clear. So. Oh, goodness. Um, for life. So, Jim and Sarah, what have been some of the biggest challenges you have dealt with uh, this year as it pertains to recruitment? And how has specific companies helped you with that? I, I think the challenges are the same. I mean, year in and year out, it's a, it's a tough, uh, uh, you know, job uh, trying to find good, you know, you know, scarce resources that are out there and trying to find them. So, I, you know, whether it's this year, last year, next year, it's always going to be challenging. And, and I think, you know, Pacific companies have, have, have been good to deal with, whether you're in a global pandemic or not. It's it's always still going to be a challenge of finding the right fit for your organization and uh, making sure that, that you know, we're, we're helping each other out uh, throughout this, throughout, you know, whether it's begin this year or, or the, the coming years. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with us and give us your insights. Hey, Summer, this is one of the reasons I love Jim is, you know, we were talking about Facebook and stuff a while back, a couple few minutes ago. So, you know, I, I do Orange Theory workouts and I do nine round kickboxing as well a couple of days a week. And Jim started liking the nine round stuff I was doing. And so I asked him one day, this is, this, is, this is how much I love Jim and how much he holds me accountable. I said, Jim had asked me, hey, man, that's awesome, whatever you did or whatever. And I said, hey, thanks, man. Are you doing, do you do nine rounds as well? And Jim responds with, no, I do 10. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Jim, you win. <laughs> that's, actually, I, think it, was, I think that was 11, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But again, this, this is why we love working with them is that we can, we can joke around about, about things and have a laugh because there's a friendship there, but we also can get on the phone and have a serious conversation about what needs to be done or what's not being done and fix it. So yeah. that's what we love about them. We appreciate that, guys, very much. Thank you. So. Well, Rob, I think Sarah and Jim have some work to do, unlike you. Yeah. So. yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank Rob's you, guys. Today, so. Yeah, Rob's right. already Rob, done. Rob's off. Right. Rob's off. Already, so. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Thank you to all our listeners. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And a big thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast could not be possible. If you would like to be a guest, go to www.pacificcompanies.com. Thank you.